Hey there, guys. I'm John Sherburn, and this is Nightcap, the podcast where I dive deep into topics that are concerns in my life, things that I think are important, things that I stumble across, things that interest me. It's kind of my job to sit, to listen, to research, and to bring a conversation to you guys that you can listen to and develop inside your own minds. So, without further ado, let's get in today. I'm, uh, it's currently snowing, middle of a snowstorm. The date is January 20th, and I am recording a podcast for the first time from my room at school, my, uh, my apartment. So I'm excited to be here. I have a new microphone, so I don't know if it's, I, I think it sounds different. Got a shotgun mic with a nice little boom mount, so it's pretty nice. I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for today's episode. So today we're going to be talking about something very interesting, very spooky, very mysterious, and I'm excited to talk about it with all of you guys. So without further ado, let's get into today. In the world around us, there are consistently things that we cannot explain, be it a person walking by you on the street, be it a monument or major location in your city or town, be it the government above you or the corporations around you, there are infinite things in this world that we cannot explain. We can't explain how we got here. We can't explain why chains like McDonald's make so much money. We can't explain ball lightning, which is lightning that doesn't strike, but merely generates into like a ball form. And it's been the source of many people having this ball lighting in their house for a moment. They think aliens have come, right? We can't explain everything. It's impossible to. We don't have the tools to. We're not smart enough to explain everything. So we turn to, to theories. We turn to things that can help us explain things. And so today's episode is all about conspiracy theories. The theories that we as a society create to explain things that are unexplainable. And just so we're working with the same definition, I have personally defined conspiracy theories are topics of discussion wherein certain groups of people believe that a larger body, be it government, society, civilization, whatever, is lying to us or hiding things in order to cover up a larger incident or we don't have all the knowledge. Right, We don't have the full ability to define it because something else, something bigger, something that people don't want you to know happened. Sometimes that looks like... Uh, to go over some famous ones, very briefly, we have things like JFK's assassination, Bush being behind 9-11, uh, aliens helping to build the pyramids at Giza. Um, these are some flat-earth theory. These are some of those theories that we have and we live with and uh some of them have large followings some of them have minute followings but they are theories that we do not know everything in this world and the scariest part about them is that some of these conspiracy theories or things that seem like they would be conspiracy theories are real and it's impossible for us to know what is actually happening and what's not some of them are crazy some of them have legs and it's and some of them are not that far Away. So today, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. I'm going to talk about some examples of conspiracy theories, some of my favorite conspiracy theories. I'm going to talk about why we as a culture have them um, and why they're important and, and all those things today. So I'm excited to get into that with you guys. So first off today, I'm going to talk a little bit about 
why they exist today, why conspiracy theories exist. Um, and I think it stems from a need in society to understand things out of a grasp. And this isn't new. This isn't a new idea, right? We have, since the dawn of time, known there are things outside of our grasp. What makes humans human is our ability to question. There's this book called Ishmael, and in this book, uh, a gorilla has gained the ability to telepathically communicate with human beings and hum communicates with this guy throughout the duration of a novel and explains to him the intricacies of nature and how humans are not interacting with nature successfully. And in this book, he states that the one difference between humans and other animals the fact that we know how to ask one question, why? We can ask the question why. We can ask, why am I here? We can ask, why do things die? We can ask, why? What is this grass? What is this, what is this place that I live in? We can ask questions better than other animals can. Now, there are some animals that are really freaking smart. There are crows, there are dolphins, there are really interesting animals, that, and, and a lot of animals too. It's not even a couple species, there are a lot of animals that have a high capacity for learning. I mean, we know stuff like gorillas do. Crows are expert puzzle solvers and have complex ways of communication. If you look at things like, like killer whales and dolphins, the, their ability to communicate is astounding. Animals across the board are, very, are as, as interesting and intricate almost as much as we are. One of the big issues, though, is a lot of them can't question why. Even a, a, a crow who can solve a puzzle can't, doesn't use, from our knowledge, doesn't really ask why it's happening. And this is the, the, again, all this, take it with a grain of salt, folks. But most animals don't question. They can figure stuff out. They can use that brain. But they don't have the ability to question. They don't have that ability to delve into the intricacies of the world, and there's a lot of things behind, you know, humans being able to that, um, you know, one second here, I'm gonna, humans are able to question things more, and there's a couple theories as to why, my favorite one being stoned ape theory, um, and I'm gonna look into stoned ape theory here a little bit, um, Yes, so stoned ape theory is this um, theory that the psilocybin mushrooms, I think that's how you pronounce those psilocybin mushrooms, uh, trippy mushrooms, the ones that make you see fancy colors and shit, were an evolutionary catalyst. And, and this catalyst is how humans, early man, would eat these mushrooms, maybe not knowing at first that they, that they were mushrooms, but anyways... They use these mushrooms, and it opened their brain up a lot. And the more it opened their brain, the more it allowed them to question things. And eventually, we have things like language, religion, philosophy, science, all of human conditions springing from this thing. It's an interesting theory. Don't know if it's real. Don't know if it has, actually has legs. But it makes sense to me, right? Because animals don't have the ability to question. Animals have the ability to operate. But if you introduce something that changes the way that, you, that you, the brain works, you have the ability to push that. Now, my inter the interesting thing for me is if you gave apes nowadays hallucinogens, could you affect the way they think like that? I wonder. I don't know if that's humane. I don't know if they've done it. But it's interesting to me. I think it's cool. Um, so anyways, we have these early theories of how humans came to be and how we came to question um, and questioning is really important. Um, and when within that questioning, there's a very early form of, of explanation. Because questions are very important, but answers are equally important. And humans are not the type to let there not be answers. So we'll fill it with bullshit, and then we'll replace that bullshit continuously until we think we have the right answer. So the first answer to all these questions we have was religion. And religion was huge. And, and, and people, uh, religion in many ways is like 
conspiracy theories now. Conspiracy theories are kind of a modern religion. Um, and I know pe uh, people that are religious might get offended by that um, because, again, obviously, if, if you know, you, you have this strong belief that this is true and real, which I don't, I'm not going to tell you it ain't. I don't know. If you have this belief that it's true or real, comparing it to a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory is generally regarded as kind of BS, um, might be offensive. I'm not going to argue whether or not religion is accurate, whether it's real, whether this person's right or that person's right. That's another episode that I will definitely be doing at some point because I'm very interested in religion. But they're both explanations, and they're both needed. We need to have explanations or else we'll go crazy. And this has only gotten worse in society. So religion was this ancient way to do it. We've had religion in almost every culture, always. And religion is different everywhere, right? The gods and goddesses and uh, all of these, the major life force in every religion is different. Um, the stories are different, but the thing that remains the same is answers. Um, origin stories, explanations for things. And it's interesting to see how in every culture there's a different way to explain life starting, but there's a way to explain it. Because it's important for us to have these answers, or else what are we doing? So you see religion answering things like where we came from, answering things like how humans were created, how the earth was created, why the sun is in the sky. I mean, you see these consistently everywhere, these explanations, these basic explanations. Because back then life was pretty simple. In life, you know, there was a small hierarchy, right? You'd have, most of the time had small towns. Even cities were small compared to now, if you look way back, you know, ancient times. And so there, wasn't a, there was a lot of stuff you didn't understand in nature. So you had religion to explain that nature. But when it came to society, it wasn't very complex. You had a baker. They made the bread. You had a tailor. They fixed your pants. You had a cobbler. They made your shoes. I think that's what cobblers do. Just crazy. Why, why call it act? Different, not nah, not going on that tangent. So you had all these, you have all these different things, and they make sense. This person is this, that person is that. This person leads us and has an army. Everything makes sense here. And I know people are probably gonna get in my ass. You think of like feudal Japan, very complex. You think a lot of those places can be complex, and that's fair. But generally, relatively, it was simple. But in the last two hundred years, since the industrial revolution, right, you've had things get a lot more complex. What used to be simple, this guy does that, this woman does that, we know all these people, it makes sense. Now we have corporations, now we have complex systems of government that have many different facets and functions, and people are communicating inner country, inner continent, inner everything, right? And things start getting faster. Globalization happens, industrialization happens, all these things start falling into place, and these things are crazy as hell. So... Religion doesn't seem to solve things anymore because now we're dealing with man-made issues. We're not dealing with how that hurricane happened. We're dealing with man-made problems. This guy got assassinated. This company did this bad thing, right? Apple stole this information. Facebook stole this thing. We have big problems that are man-made now. And religion can't really explain it well enough. And at the same time, you're going through secularization in our society, which isn't helping either. Because without religion, it's way harder for you to figure out, answer, and explain things and rationalize things in your head. Because if there's not religion saying, oh, well, God made them do it. The devil made them do this bad thing. If you can't say that, then you're stuck with not knowing the answer. Because the common person doesn't know shit. Like, we don't know anything about politics. We don't know anything about corporations in the big scheme of things. Like, the real dirty stuff that's going on, we'll never know. Because we're just 
civilians that don't have any concept of it. So conspiracy theories stem into place from that because conspiracy theories are here to help us answer those questions that are too complex and too modern and too human-based for religion to solve. And even if it could solve, religion is slowly seeping out of mainstream culture. And so this makes a lot of sense to me. We have two types of conspiracy theories, and I'm going to dive into them both today. We have conspiracy theories about natural phenomenon. And those conspiracy, again, I think conspiracy theories generally stem from man-made issues. You can't really explain man-made stuff with religion most of the time. And at the same time, too, a lot of people don't accept religious explanations as fact. So you have stuff like Giza, right? You see the pyramids of Giza. They are insanely big. Go look up drone footage or something. They're humongous by today's standards. And if you think about it, they were handmade by people. They were created by human beings. A long time ago, like before we had a lot of complex machinery. They didn't have, you know, CAD drawings to line it up. They didn't have forklifts to move the stone. No, they had a fuck ton of slaves, and that is all they had. That is the only thing they had to work with. And so as a result, it's really hard for us to say, how the hell could they have made that thing with just human hands? It's crazy, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. So to us, we have, oh, it must have been aliens, which uh, I have struggled, I struggle with connecting and comparing to that and making, ah, okay, aliens, is that, uh, maybe, maybe they just had a lot of slaves, a lot of them, but, you know, that stuff's hard, um, there's other things that are harder to explain that are old like that, you look at Chichen Itza, craziest, this is, this is one of the craziest ones to me because of all the math that goes into it, right? Uh, you know, you have stuff like they have these perfectly straight walls, like perfectly nine straight ass walls. They have the exact calendar and their staircase or whatever. You have roads. And this is the coolest one. Roads that are completely straight. And there was no surveying equipment back then. So it's a lot harder to measure out a straight, a straight road. Like it's not simple to do. But if you don't have surveying, ah, we know how to. No, it's very difficult to just eyeball a straight line for that many miles. That's a road. And so you have things like that that are almost impossible for us to grasp, right? Because we, I don't, I don't, maybe we can do it nowadays. But it seems crazy to think we could do it nowadays. So you have things like that. And conspiracy theories are important for that reason. Because conspiracy theories can help explain some of this craziness that we have. Um, and so I think those are the big f causes of conspiracy theory. You have human-made problems, human-made things, human-made ideas that you can't really explain with religion. At the same time, it's getting so complex that we can't understand all of it. And so as a result, we have to find a way to understand all of it. Um, one of my one of the most interesting conspiracy theories in my mind is the flat Earth theory. I've only gotten into it a little bit. I should have done more research before I started this, but flat Earth theory is very interesting to me because they, you have to ignore a lot of science to believe it, um, and it frustrates me when all I have really heard is science is fake. The only explanation I've really heard about that all that science is oh well the, the science they've been feeding you is wrong, right? All the NASA's you know, government agency, NASA does not, you can't trust what they're saying, you can't trust science, it's not true. I don't like conversations like that. If, if you think the science is false, 
Go find your own science and present that in your argument. You can't just say, I can't explain it, but they can't either. That's not necessarily fair in my mind. So here's what Flat Earth generally is, and I'm, I know if a Flat Earther listens to this, they will tell me I'm wrong, because this is definitely not the full concept of the picture. But you picture the Earth like a pizza, like a flat circle. And at the end of that circle, there's like an ice wall. And this ice wall is what keeps everyone from falling off. So for everyone saying, well, why wouldn't we just fall off the, the, the side of the Earth? Or why can't you find the side of the Earth? It's because there's an ice wall. Now, I'm not sure what, like, I don't know why they haven't been able to find this ice wall. I wonder why they haven't taken the boat trip or the plane right out there. Um, that part I can't tell you. It's one of those things. Uh, gravity doesn't exist in the way that we think it exists as well in this theory. We don't have traditional gravity. Because gravity doesn't... We understand how gravity works only to a point, and to that point, gravity works as if... Um, if something was flat in space, like a planet, it would... Gravity is in the center, and it pulls towards center mass. So it's impossible to have a flat thing like that, because it would fold into a, into a sphere. It would stop being flat. Um, and if it didn't do that... It, you know, trees would grow sideways more, and, and the more you went to the end, ends of the earth, rivers would flow, you know, against what we'd say makes sense because of gravity, because it would pull towards the center there. So at the, the farther from the center you got, the weirder shit would get. Um, and so there's things like that that just kind of say, okay, how does that make sense? Also, a good point that was brought up to me recently when I told someone about this podcast episode I was doing, they said, you know, how can the sun be up in the sky without the whole earth being lit up. And that was really interesting to me too. Yeah, how, if, if it's flat and the sun goes up in the sky, everyone should be able to see the sun, right? I mean, unless it's big enough of a flat, I get, yeah, no, it makes, that part doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Very good point. Um, the way, the reason this whole thing happens, the reason everyone, the flat earth thing actually has any fucking legs with anybody is this guy, um, I can't think of his name here. Let me look it up really quick. Um, okay. <laughs> Flat. I forgot what I was looking up for a second. Flat Earth theory. What's your name, brother? Flat Earth model. It's archaic conception of Earth shape. Fuck you. Uh, even Wikipedia hates your dumb ass. I can't think of what this guy's name is. Um, uh, if I can't find it in a second, I ain't gonna keep looking. What's his name? It's this. Uh, 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 uh. Flat Earth experience. Ooh, Brockport, New York. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry, this is a little, little fun. Little... I'm from Rochester, New York. There's this t place nearby called Brockport. In 1887, M.C. Flanders argued the case of a flat earth for three nights against two scientific gentlemen defending sphericity. Five townsmen chosen as judges voted unanimously for a flat earth at the end. Holy shit. That's crazy. That's insane. Uh, that's that's actually. I'm glad I looked that up that way. Wow, flat Earth. Uh, what's it? Experiment. I'll explain the experiment in a second. I just got a the guy's name. Bedford Level Experiment. It was called the Bedford Level Experiment, and it was a series of observations. Um, they took there's this river um, in Cambridgeshire in the UK, and they took six miles of this river. And the guy said that the Earth is really curved. It, it, I, it was. 19th, 20th century stuff. This guy said, we're going to take six miles of this river. I'm going to put my friend on a boat, and the boat's going to sail down the river. If the earth is curved, I should be able to see the boat less as it goes over the river. I should, it should go down over the horizon. 
what happened is it went on for six miles. He didn't, uh, the boat didn't go away. Um, it went on for more than six miles, and he could still see the boat. So in his eyes, that's very basically what happened in his eyes. Oh, okay, that means that maybe the Earth is around after all. My issue is this, is six miles ain't shit to how big the Earth is. The Earth is uh, is a lot larger than than the than six miles, obviously. The Earth takes is a lot longer. So if they went on for 500 miles and didn't see anything change, maybe that's an argument more. But six miles isn't really enough at all. Six miles can't accurately get you a degree of the Earth um, to see a change there. And so that's my issue with with the reasoning behind the intro to the flat earth theory. But my issue with the flat earth theory is that all these people refuse to talk science. It's fake, it's fake, it's fake. All right, well, explain to me the real science then. And they can't do it. And it's like, okay, fine. I can't accept your claims very much then. That's just not how that's going to work with me. I'm sorry. At the same time, you have government conspiracies because people have a hard time believing in shit happening the way they said it did, right? You see stuff like JFK. The JFK assassination, everyone's like, oh, it does, doesn't make any sense that, it, you know, there's too many inconsistencies and shit like that. They released the JFK documents, ain't nothing come of it, because it happened the way it happened. It, 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 I believe. Um, but at the same time, people say it's not that crazy to believe that the CIA or the FBI or whatever would put a hit on a president. It's, cra- it's crazy, but it's not too crazy. And that's the key to conspiracy theories. Flat Earth theory is regarded as a joke because it's too crazy. There's not enough stuff to back it. There's too many photographs, too many people that say, hell yeah, obviously, right? But you have other theories like JFK. Okay, JFK got killed. JFK's family, the Kennedys, had a lot of enemies. That's, wow. Kennedys had a lot of enemies. They had a lot of issues. They were a crazy family. It's not. It was a crazy time in American development. So it's not that crazy to think about it. It's not that crazy. Oh, maybe they killed somebody. <gasps> because the government never killed anybody before. And we will talk about that later. Because there's a really cool actual thing, not conspiracy theory, that the government did carry out in the 20th century. And I'm damn excited to talk about it. You have stuff like the moon landing. It would make sense. If it was really hard to land on the moon back then, they talk about how my cell phone has more computer capacity than they took to land on the moon. So if it was hard to land on the moon back then, I could see America, I could see the government staging it to make themselves look good for the Russians. That makes sense to me. If some, if I came to America for the first time and someone told me that, I would believe it. And that's where, right there, lies what makes a good conspiracy theory that isn't considered as crazy and what makes a bad one. Now, I'm not saying I agree with any of these conspiracy theories, but there, there's a difference between stuff that's, oh yeah, that makes sense, and oh, that's fucking batshit insane. The Earth is flat. That just doesn't even seem right. I'm sorry. We have hundreds of years of science to prove you wrong. You can bring me science that can prove that science wrong. Actual science, experiments that have been repeated and and have statistically significant results. Okay. Then we gotta we we're making we're making chili. Then we got a competition in front of us. Then, but until then, I'm sorry. I don't want to tell you. And so you see things like conspiracy theories. You see some of these conspiracy theories. And I will take those and I will raise you real conspiracy theories. Stuff that would seem like a conspiracy theory but actually happened. You have things like Watergate. Watergate seems kind of crazy, right? 
but not that crazy because it actually happened. But it's the same kind of thing as a conspiracy theory would say. Yeah, the Watergate is, for anyone that doesn't know, most people probably do, you have Richard Nixon um, breaking into the DNC headquarters and wiretapping them and stealing shit um, from them in an attempt to put the campaign in his favor and, and win him the election. The craziest part about this is that Nixon lied about it. Um, I saw the I'm not a crook speech. He talks about how he's a good politician. He wants it to happen. He wants the investigation to happen, and it's going to be go in his favor. And it's found out that he try, he used actual money from the government to try to stop the investigation. You learn that he had wiretaps in his office towards them so he could hear them. He had recorded conversations. You, you hear about all that stuff. Ironically, same kind of stuff, maybe, can be said as happening to Trump right now, which is kind of crazy. Um, it, it, some people say it's real, fake, whatever, whatever, whatever. But there's talking, you know, they talk about using campaign funding to, to, to buy stuff off. They talk about all that kind of stuff. And so, and so you see some of this stuff happening, and it seems almost like it's fake, but it's not. Area 51, I had a very interesting, I was looking through Reddit, uh, and I saw an interesting conspiracy theory. Well, it, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore, but um, the Area 51 situation, where Area 51 has is notoriously known for where they would keep alien technology and shit out in, like, Arizona or New Mexico or wherever, middle of nowhere, um, and... Uh, there was a rumor started spreading about crash sites, alien vessels, stuff like that. Um, and at the time, that facility apparently had been hard at work on stealth aircrafts for the government. And uh, one of them crashed and, you know, that's it. Anyways, um, the, the, the guy that found this, uh, the, the guy, the, there was one guy that kind of started, oh, I saw this, you know, this alien thing crash in this place and he started this you know rumble and tumble and what happened is the government actually stepped in and started slowly kind of pushing that idea oh yeah maybe it was aliens next thing you know you have this alien frenzy um and, and ironically it came out later that this was a st actual stealth fighter that the united states was working on that had fallen out of the sky um and so you have stuff like that work Aliens, Air Force One conspiracy, ah, but the government pushed it so that they could continue to develop this stuff in private. You know, it's a red herring that they threw out for the people to catch on to. That's kind of crazy. And so you think about some stuff like that and go, oh, some of this other stuff might not be that crazy. Uh, and th this leads me to my favorite point, my most strong point about some of these things that seems fake, but it's not. In the 1950s into the 1960s, the government was testing drugs like LSD um, and they were testing, they were testing all sorts of bad stuff, illegal stuff, on American civilians without their permission, without their consent. This is true. This happened. It's called MK Ultra. A lot of people have heard about this. Um, it's been declared. It's government. Government has talked about this. This is real. Um, and it was an operation that was a series of different things they would do. But some of the stuff that they they, they would use different methods um, of like administration of drugs. Uh, chemicals, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse to manipulate people's mental states and alter the brain function. And alter brain functions. And the problem is this is very illegal. Um, in the, they would use United States and Canadian citizens as unknowing test subjects, which is like the big issue with it. And so some of the horror stories that they would do include randomly lacing subjects with LSD, randomly lacing workers at the CIA with drugs to see what they would do, 
um, and see how he would respond. A very famous example of this is uh, Dr. Frank Olson, who was a scientist who had never taken a hallucinogenic before. They gave him a trip that he wasn't expecting, and he went into this very deep depression and eventually threw himself from a 13th story window to 10th story window, something like that. Um, the show Wormwood was created on Netflix and discussed this in detail. Um, but they, uh, there was a mental patient in Kentucky. They administered LSD to him for 174 days straight. Um, it was kind of considered a uh, quote-unquote occupational hazard of being in the CIA, um, was getting randomly laced, things like this. And, and so, I mean, this went against the Nuremberg Code, which had been put in place after World War II. Um, this was, the use of this was to try to use it in, I, I believe, the Cold War, um, and they would try to bring out confessions or wipe minds and program people. And see, they were trying to see if they could use this in warfare, if they could use LSD in warfare. So they were using it on American and Canadian civilians. And this is illegal activity. That's kind of crazy. And no one knew about it at the time. This is something that went on when your grandparents or your parents, um, your gener if, you're, if you're you know a little older, your generation, people in their 50s, 60s, these people um, were around when this was happening and no one knew about it. Um, and so you see stuff like this and you go, oh, Maybe it's not that crazy that some of this stuff, you know, some of these conspiracy theories exist because these conspiracy theories talk about things just like this. You would never, okay, the government laced people with drugs and killed a bunch of civilians. You know, there's straight people go, driving their car after work and getting in accidents because they're driving under their while they're on fucking acid that the government gave them. And back then, too, it was a lot more intense than it is now. The guy who invented acid, I can't think of how many doses it was, but the, when he first took acid, it was the equivalent of like a like way more than we take nowadays, and the actual LSD that he used is no longer. It will never be available again, I believe. I think that it's. I think I read that it has run. We don't have that LSD anymore. It's kind of we've been copying LSD for a while now. But so 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 to get into kind of the so the, those are some examples of conspiracy theories, true and fake, and and so now I kind of want to get into human development a little bit and why that exists the way it does. Conspiracy theories like that. I believe, fill that one of those needs, that need a question that I talked about in the beginning of the podcast. That's a very serious need that needs to be talked about. Um, you, 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 have, you have this human drive to understand more, right? And it's consistent and it pulls at us greater than anything else. Like, we have a drive to produce, we have a drive to, to learn. And it's, the, it's one of the things that sets us apart. You know, you're meant to outdo your parents, right? You learn from your parents' mistakes you learn, oh, I didn't go to college, or I did go to college, or I got married at 20, or I never got, you know, I didn't get married, or, you know, I had a kid at 16, whatever it is. You learn from their mistakes, you learn from their hardships in life. They teach you those, they're supposed to teach you about those hardships, and then you take that, mold it into your life, and as a result, you will grow. And if enough people do that, the human race will grow. If we as a society teach our children the science, the math, the English, the, all the things that we know, they can use that foundation of all the things we've learned. And if they can, a couple people per generation will just boost shit, change it, make it better, make it grow. And it's why music exists, it's why technology exists, it's why human civilization exists, is because we, we live to teach the next generation how to be better at what they're doing, how to be more efficient. The problem is where does this stop? Where does this need to grow and this need to change and this need to become varied and different stop? Because the problem is some things we can make streamlined so much that it has a negative impact on our development. Some people argue this about technology. 
we keep getting faster. We keep getting more connected. Eventually, the science fiction that is, oh, we're going to have chips in our brains is going to be real. Where does that stop? Robots, where does that stop? So some of it's good. You know, you have uh, cars, right? We have an issue right now because we have too many vehicles. You know, the vehicles create a lot of emissions problems. There's a lot of car accidents, a lot of that stuff. So it's really good for us to streamline that. If we make enough self-driving cars reliant enough, reliable enough, we can eventually have super highways where there are cars going 200 miles an hour bumper to bumper because they're all working together because it's a connected field. And eventually you'd probably end up just having super bullet trains that can take everyone where they need to go. But that's not that far off. When you get stuff like that, well, you, you, that's when it's not a bad thing. That's a good thing for a lot of ways. But for some parts of technology, you can ask, is this going to be a bad thing? Is this going to negatively impact our development? And so that's kind of the question people have to ask. And, and, and in certain ways, you can argue that with conspiracy theories, especially the ones that maybe turn out to be true, it's maybe already too far in certain areas. We have things like politics, and it's a very difficult and dirty game to get into, as well as corporations. When you have so much money and power and influence, things like murder, things like silencing your enemies, that stuff does not seem that crazy. That stuff's not that far off. And so when I hear conspiracy theories about, you know, you know, pedophile rings or civilians getting murdered and silenced or uh, systematic oppression of certain people. That's not crazy to me. It's stuff we've done before. It's stuff other people have done before. I think that's a, the big issue you know, in our country, right? There comes a time for most Americans at this day and age, in my opinion, where you kind of learn that you were lied to in school growing up. You grow up learning that America is a great place, and it is a great place, but you grow up learning that we, okay, you learn that we came and we, the, the nice Native Americans gave us their land, and you learned that in all these wars we fought, we were the good guys, and you learned that things were simple, and then you get older and you start learning, oh, no, 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 we stole and we took the land from the natives here. You learn more about slavery. You learn more about these wars that we sh that were you know you're killing civilians you're using these dirty methods of war. You learn about the CIA pulling some shit, right? You're gonna start a war here. We're gonna feed these bad guys this weapon. We're gonna do these, and you learn oh the world is gray. It's not black and white, and we're not the good guys in that either. It's gray. We've been good as much as we've been bad. And when you start to learn that kind of stuff, you you get into this kind of uh, awakening, and you go oh. And it's a lot harder to deal with stuff then, because it's really easy for us to be taught that America is this perfect place, or whatever country you're in is this perfect place, when really, there's a lot more behind it. And when that starts to happen, you, people start to question shit. They go, oh shit, well if it's not what I expected, then, then what is it? Um, if you look at something, a good example, I think, um, is that, you know, we think that we're fundamentally good, right? And, and in other countries, they have atrocities. But in this country, we can't have atrocities, really, because it's us. But the more you, you figure it out, oh, it's the, there's evil everywhere, realistically. There's good everywhere, realistically. And so it's impossible to demonize and, and, and bring things into saying they're so simple like that. Um, you look at, like, McCarthyism, right? McCarthyism happened during the Cold War where um, people started saying, you know, this person is a Soviet spy, that person is a Soviet spy, because there was so, the media and the government had bred so much fear of communism, because communism was a threat to capitalism, 
And if capitalism go, goes down, then America's and the United States' way of living and the way of gaining money goes down. So as a result, you have people telling you know society, okay, communism's bad, which based on the leaders that followed communism, communism in practice is bad. But we people they pushed that so hard. General McCarthy eventually ended up calling someone out or people out and saying, these guys are Soviets. And as a result, it caused this huge scare, this red scare of communism. where Everyone was, my neighbor is a Soviet. You call them, okay, kids, listen to what your parents are saying, report them. And it became like this military state in some ways for a while. And you look at that happening and how easy the government manipulated its people here in, this own, in our own country to go against their neighbors and against their parents and against their children. That it makes you think, oh, some of this stuff isn't so far off. America's not so perfect. And so that, that breeding of, of fear there and that breeding of, you know, we need to explain this and we're going to use this as the scapegoat. That's dangerous. That's when you have mass atrocities. It's when you have marginalized people with no voice being used as a scapegoat for a long enough period of time that they rise up and cause a problem. You know, a big issue we had in this country is, you know, there's a big issue with talking about the inner cities, right? Drugs are a big problem in the inner cities. Murder is a big problem in the inner cities. At the same time, now they're using it to justify a drug war that doesn't make any sense. A lot of people are in prison for marijuana and not for selling it either, for owning it, for having a joint in their car. You're in prison for that. And I don't agree with that. I don't understand it. Uh, personal opinion, the consumption and possession of specific amounts of any given substance, substance illicit or whatever, should not be criminally illegal. If I have a baggie of coke, if I got a vial of heroin, if I got whatever, that should not put me in jail immediately. That should not, for possession of that, I shouldn't go to prison. If I'm selling it, if I'm making it, if I'm driving under the influence of it, put me in jail. Those charges should still be criminal. But putting drug addicts and drug users in prison for that doesn't make any sense to me. It's not going to help the problem at all. And it hasn't helped the problem. If you actually look at the numbers, it hasn't helped anything. Heroin use, fentanyl use, all that stuff is, is, is in record numbers right now. And we, as a society, were led to believe for a long time that if we just put these people in jail, those get, get the bad people off the streets, it'll stop. The problem is there will always be more bad people. So instead of putting a heroin addict in jail or a, or a coke user in jail, put them in rehab. Put more money into the rehab because that might actually fix the problem. If we put people that are addicted to the substance in rehab and had consistent, truly reformative rehab in place, and we taught about it in schools, and we taught about it in the place where kids don't go to school a lot, in the rural communities, in the inner cities, we handed out pamphlets, we handed out flyers. If we made some of that stuff mandatory, and we made it more well-versed, and we talked about things really, we talked about the pros and cons of weed, we talked about the pros and cons of the stuff, if we did that, we might actually see change, as opposed to prison numbers causing state funding and um, fake progress being fed into consumers' minds and the civilians' minds and eyes so they think that things are going better to make your ratings go better for the next election. If we actually wanted to fix this problem, we could do it. We just have to actually sit down and try and change things, have true reform, as opposed to throwing everyone in jail. So I don't think we should have something. And in this tangent, I apologize, this isn't about conspiracy theories, but you have the governments consistently preying on the civilians. 
And so things like conspiracy theories aren't that crazy because they're such powerful groups. These are such powerful people we're dealing with and we, we're living amongst that it's not that crazy to think about it because the government's killed civilians before and they're going to continue to do that. It's harder now. I will say conspiracy theories are harder now because there's more to document. If they didn't actually send a spaceship to the moon now, it'd be a lot harder for them to get away with it. Still probably difficult, but you see the people the people that know uh, the people that know enough about computers and about visuals to be able to tell if there's fake footage. The people that can say, oh yeah, there wasn't a space, there wasn't a rocket lifting off into space. The people that can say that kind of stuff, oh, it makes it harder. It makes it harder for them to lie about aliens because everyone has a cell phone and can document everything at any given time. This reminds me, very similarly, this reminds me right now of uh, if you look at the Roman Catholic Church. Back in the day, people couldn't read. People couldn't get their hands in the Bible. So they could say whatever the fuck they wanted. You gotta give us money or else you're gonna go to hell. Sorry, buddy. And no one could say anything. They go, oh, it's the Pope, I guess. It's the Cardinal, it's the Bishop, I guess. But nowadays, or not, but after that, they created the printing press. And suddenly everyone could have a book. And suddenly everyone could read. And then they couldn't pull the wool over the people's eyes as easily. Same with today. For a long time, it was kind of whatever. It was whatever the government said. Oh, the newspaper said this. But nowadays, there's enough fake news, there's enough fake media, there's enough fake politicians, there's enough fake people. You can't just trust what they say. But as a result, we have our own, we have our own, our phones, our phones allow us to tell the truth. So if the Chinese government or the Egyptian government or the North Korean government or whoever tries to stop you from hearing the truth, they shut down the news, they make fake shit, they put out propaganda. It's easy. It's not easy in a lot of these places, but it's easier for you to have your own shit. So with things like Facebook, I fucking hate Facebook, but things like Facebook, things like social media are important. Things like WhatsApp are important because it allows people to communicate. It allows them to share their story too. It allows people to say, this is what's actually happening here. The gov they won't report on it in the media, so the Americans, you're not going to know about it. The Western, you're not going to know about it, but this is happening in my town right now. It allows us to gather up as a society and kind of bear witness to the truth. That's very, to me, it's a very powerful thing, and it's as powerful as the printing press. Uh, it revolutionizes things. It makes things easier. It makes things in our hands now. And so I say with conspiracy theories, they're important because we can't explain everything anymore. When you can't explain things, it's very easy to you. We want to explain. It's human nature to explain it. So you have things like conspiracy theories because it's just too difficult. The coping mechanisms, just like religion is a coping mechanism. Whether or not you believe it's true, doesn't matter. Helps you to cope. And that's why I do think religion is important foundationally in society. I don't necessarily believe in anything specifically. I don't think any religion has it. To put it short, I don't think any religion has it right. Most religions are fall prey to relatively man-made issues. You have a lot of gods. You know, you have people like, you know, God and Christianity. Oh, you have to follow my religion. You can't say my name in vain. You have to follow these rules, or else you go to hell forever. Vengeance-based afterlives don't make a lot of sense to me. That seems like a pretty human thing to do. A lot of these things seem relatively human. So to me, I don't personally think that any man has understood what happens in the afterlife yet. Someone might be getting it close to right. Someone might be getting it halfway right. But I don't think anyone has it done yet. Because it's very hard to have something done. It's very hard to have that polished 
correct answer for something as big as what created our universe. We can't even figure out ball lightning yet. And so, religion is coping. Conspiracy theories are coping because humans need to cope because we have the burden, the blessing, whatever you want to say, of knowledge. We understand. We can quit. We have the burden of being able to question. And when you can question, you understand that there's things you don't know. And that's scary as fuck for a lot of people, including myself. So I recommend you read up on some of these conspiracy theories. Figure out which ones you believe or not. Uh, you know, personally, I think Flat Earth is kind of stupid. Look at Chichen Itza. Pretty interesting. Wonder why that happened. One of the mo We didn't find it forever. We didn't find it until like the 20th century. So why the fuck did they leave such a well-guarded place? Is there more to it? You might never know. Look into MKUltra. It's pretty crazy. They would drug politicians, bring them to a trap house and have a prostitute fuck them and then get dirt on them and, and use that to their advantage. They would give LSD to people at lunch in the cafeteria in the CIA offices and see what happened to them. They would test mind control. They test sensory deprivation. Ken Casey, he's a famous author. He did One Flew Over His Cuckoo's Nest. He, uh, he at one point, signed up for an experiment that he would later figure out was government testing. It was about, it was, they were testing drugs and shit. They'd test stuff like DMT, LSD, um, AMT. Just They'd test crazy hallucinating drugs to see what the fuck would happen to people. And that shit's crazy. Drugs are crazy. I'm probably going to an episode on drugs pretty soon. Because drugs are interesting. I find psychedelics interesting. Just because they allow... The human mind, the human brain, human body, is based off of perception. The earth exists on perception, right? We all perceive things a certain way. We perceive things to be brown, we perceive things to be blue, we perceive things to be hot or cold. It's our perception. Our whole lives are based around it. And it's impossible to escape. We'll never know what the earth is actually like, because it's impossible to exist without perception. Because as humans, we exist to use our eyes and our nose and our ears and our mouth. But, if you use a hallucinogen, you have the slight ability, one night only, to potentially see things from a different perspective. Things that are hot might feel hotter or less hot. That color might be a different color. And so for the one time in your life, you can actually experience things from a different perspective and understand them differently. And that's why I think that stuff's interesting. Because wh whether or not you use it, it's interesting. Because it allows you to have perspective and change your perspective. So uh, that is it for today. That was conspiracy theories. Um, uh, it's a big topic. I, mean, I might get in. I might do an episode on flat Earth specifically. I might do an episode on some of this stuff, MK Ultra specifically. But this is my basic review of conspiracy theories and why they exist. This has been an episode of Nightcap. Thank you for tuning in. Have a nice night. Thank you for listening. As always, please take your time to share, to follow, to like. Leave me reviews, leave me comments, tell me if you like what I'm doing, tell me if you hate what I'm doing. I love all of it. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back to you in the next two or three days with another episode.